Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. to the latest edition of 100, the Ed Gordon Podcast. Today, actress Wendy Raquel Robinson. Robinson has become a familiar and popular face. The Los Angeles native has starred in movies and on stage, but it's television that made Robinson a favorite. She's achieved what not many actors do. She's given life to two immensely popular television characters. Wendy played Principal Regina Greer for six seasons on The Steve Harvey Show. And for 10 seasons, she's portrayed Tasha Mack, a sports agent on the game. The popular series ended in 2015 and was brought back by popular demand this year on Paramount+. Plus. We started our conversation by talking about those two defining characters. I think they're the bipolar opposites of me. You know what I mean? They're like the hyper extension of who I am. And to walk in both of their shoes, they're both very powerful but very different. You know, uh, one thing I love about Regina Greer, she was smart. She was, you know, still sassy, but (laughs) very educated, you know, and controlled everything. Whereas Tasha Mack, you know, she started from the bottom and worked her way all the way up. 
So she carries a, um, wow, I want to say that she really comes from a different walk of life, literally, and can dine at the White House, but still go back to Richmond and hang in the hood and feel very Mm -hmm. comfortable in both worlds. So um, I just love the spectrum that they both cover. And it's I mean, it's humbling that they were both embraced yeah. the way that they were. You know, one, everybody loved Regina for her suits. It was the suits. It was the suits. <laughs> and then with Tasha, it's like, oh, I guess it's her, you know, her her sass, her wit, her sayings, her um, hashtags, mm-hmm. you know, and just the fact that yeah, her mouth will get her into trouble. <laughs> it's characters like Tasha Mack that made the game a fan favorite. The program is a spinoff of the uber-popular Girlfriends sitcom. The game premiered on The CW in 2006 and concluded on BET in 2015. I've seen a couple of shows like this. Um, Rock comes to mind immediately Mm. um, with Charles Dutton, but the game was one of those shows that the audience wasn't going to have it. They weren't going to let it just go away. And I'm wondering what you felt for that, A, and then B, the change that we're seeing in the game and that it, it's moved from a sitcom solely to now kind of a, a, a dramedy, as they call it now. So what's that been for you? Wow. Well, to see, number one, the fans and the power of the fans and them just standing behind us and just being like ride or die, no matter what, it really shows the... Um, the power that we possess as an audience, you know, and um, I want to give Mark Matthew Cherry some love. He is now an incredible director and he won Mm -hmm. the Oscar for um, Bad Hair, but he also was the initiator and the force behind the campaign of bringing the game back. It was like everyone's adrenaline was so much stronger than the cast. We didn't even know what it was for the audience, we were just doing the work, you know, as actors. And then once it was canceled, the uproar, it was like one of those slow moving. Um, I want to say it was a tornado effect mm-hmm. that just really happened. And it just pulled everybody in. And Mara Brockett-Keel, one of the things she always calls it, it's the little engine that could, you know, and it, it just kept getting more and more steam heat and just going up those hills. And just to see where it is now in this inclination of it all and um, going from being so ha 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 funny to now we're putting up a mirror of America and really showing what we look like, who we are, not only as African-Americans, but as people and humanity in general and still finding the funny, finding the familiar, still making it fresh but also making it socially relevant where we're tackling issues from, you know, racism, hairism, ageism, sexism, but finding the funny, but still, you know. Yeah. Were you at all concerned about that? Because that could go either way, frankly, right? You, you, you go with a sitcom that everybody loves and now you want to get deep into some of the topics that can be touchy for this country to deal with. Were you concerned mm-hmm. at all? wasn't concerned. I actually, I welcome it and appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And I go back to even what you said about uh, comparing it to rock. I think that's, ooh, (laughs) that's that's an amazing uh, compliment in in terms of, I know you're not talking about the show itself, but the impact that it had. And I think one of the things that rock did that was so impactful was that they tackled those issues, Mm -hmm. hard cutting issues. And it was still funny, but they tackled it. And we can't be afraid to, uh, represent what's happening right now, you know? And I think entertainment has always been the one thing that 
has given people a an escape from, you know, their reality. But at the same time, it's entertained, it's delighted. And I think it's I think it'll be welcomed because you got the Tasha's that still go, you know, cut it with some humor. But then you also have the the new characters that are bringing new blood and new issues, so to speak, to the game. So I think it, it covers everything. What, let me ask you, because sometimes people think when it seems overnight, uh, mm. they don't realize what came before. I <laughs> went back and I looked at, um, as I was doing the research about you, it said you made your debut at, with Martin uh, in 93 on that episode. So I went back and looked at that episode. And so, <laughs> but I'm, but, but, you know, I knew when you, I know when you came out to LA and while I'm sure you were doing a whole lot to make that happen, it still was relatively quick by the time you decided this is what I want to do coming out of Howard. I mean, LA is home, but jumping into the business, was it quick? Well, what was it for you? It was not quick at all. Yeah, I didn't think so. And um, I graduated in 89. Yes, <laughs> 89. <laughs> and I came back to Los Angeles and it was it was very disheartening. I couldn't get an agent. I couldn't get a return phone call. I couldn't get anything. It, we had pagers then, you mm-hmm. know. And so uh, I started working at Marley Gibbs Crossroads Academy and teaching acting and dance and all of that. And then I started my own school, Amazing Grace Conservatory. And the trajectory was changing. But um, Martin was actually not my debut. It was WKRP in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. The new one. The new Michael one. Michael yeah. Williamson. And that was my first real television experience. But I had even done extra work on The Different Worlds because I wanted to be so close to Debbie Allen. She was one of my mentors. And so I was just taking different steps before I even got my break. And um, I was doing a play because theater is my first love. Mm -hmm. And I was working with Tommy Ford, the late, great Tommy Ford, Mm -hmm. who had directed this piece called South of Where We Live. And it was myself, it was Kim Fields and Michael Beach and a lot of great actors that were just in love with theater. It was before Kim got living single. I was there when she got the phone call. I was she was there for me when I got the Martin call, because even though I was working with Tommy, I still hadn't gotten my Martin experience. But we knew each other, you know, through theater. So it was just um, it's, it's a very humbling time. And it was a time whereas um, there was no social media. So you had to really bust your butt and do the mailers and get people out to see your work and come see this play. I mean, we would be in the dressing rooms and it's like, now we're not going on stage if it's not at least 25 (laughs) people in the audience. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we did that. And, you know, even before that, I did Beauty Shop with Shelly Garrett and, you know, did the national tour of that. So I paid some serious dues, but I still tried to stay true to theater which is my first love. And I didn't want to get a side job, you know, a side job. So I'm very thankful that I didn't have to go in that direction. But um, it's been, it's been a lot of work. Yeah. You know, (laughs) let me bring up somebody we both have had longstanding and close relationships with. And that is with Steve Harving. Steve and I were sitting down having lunch one day and he was talking about me being in the business as long as I've been in it. And he said, Ed, what people don't realize is becoming famous is easy. Mm. Staying famous is hard. 
Talk to me about what you've been able to do, because I'm, while I'm sure there have been peaks and valleys along the way, uh, yes. Wendy, when I think about just acting in general, you have been able to be consistent and stay out there better than most. Thank you. You know, I don't see myself as famous. And, you know, everybody's like, so now that you made it, it's like, um, no, I, I really have. But there are levels of famous, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, so Absolutely. you know, we're not Janet Jackson famous. No, but no, no. but when and we go to the store, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe want to be for that for that okay, matter. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I, you know, what's so funny. I don't even think I'm cut to the front of the line. famous. <laughs> you know what I mean? To certain places. <laughs> but I will say this. Um, it's. Okay, I'm going to connect even more dots. I met Steve on his first show, Me and the Boys, mm -hmm. which was one of his first television appearances. And it was like very early in the game. And it was one of mine. And it was the pilot. And it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing to see how many people you see on the way up mm -hmm. as on the way down and in between. And so I think the greatest thing that I've learned through that is to be kind and just be to remain humble, to say please and to say thank you. And in addition to that, you know, as I think about everything, going back to the Sinbad pilot that I was on with Sinbad and Salma Hayek before she was Salma Hayek, I met Mara Brock Akil, who was a production assistant, a PA, answering the phones. And I'm one of those, I like to meet everybody. So mm -hmm. I was like, girl, what are you doing? She was like, um, I'm, you know, I'm a writer. I was like, okay. She's like, no, I'm a writer. I graduated from Northwestern and this, that, and the other. And we just started talking, developed a bond and cut to, there was girlfriends, cut to, there was the game and she created Tasha Mack. And so we remained in touch off and on as we would see each other. She never hired me for girlfriends. That's a whole other story. <laughs> she was like, but I got you, Wendy, I got you. And I just never knew what was brewing, but just to see how, it's the strong that survive and staying passionate. Mm -hmm. And I think passion is the one thing that has sustained me because I, I you know, I got a lot of friends in the industry that I can't really be around because it's kind of toxic, you know, because you can become jaded very easily. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I think I've just always just tried to stay. I'm still that little girl doing plays in my backyard on 84th place in South Central. You know what I mean? And that's, that's still the, I think that's the little driving thing that just keeps me going and just keeps me passionate. What do you do during the down times when, you know, when you close the door and it isn't going exactly the way you want it? How have you been able to sustain? Is it faith? Is it friendship? What is it? It's faith. It's friendship. And it's Amazing Grace Conservatory. 25 mm -hmm. years ago, I started this performing arts school that, you know, Marla Gibbs passed the torch. She was like, baby, I can't do it no more. You take this on, do it. We developed a curriculum. And now, you know, the Issa Rays have come out of there. The Ashton Sanders have come out of there. And I produce, I write, I direct. But more importantly, I'm surrounded by that youthful energy where they're excited to take their first bow. They're excited to, you know, and it reminds me of where I was and still who I am. You know, and um, like right now, I'm directing, <laughs> wrote and directed the Christmas play. It goes up December 19th, <laughs> but it gives me something to look forward to mm -hmm. at all times. And I enjoy it. So that's, I want to say that's the biggest thing. I've created a community 
a common unity of actors, artists, friends that are now so, I want to say circular. You know, I, I play Issa's mom on Insecure. So you talk about a full circle moment that is mind blowing to go from being in the classroom to now she's executive producer and created her show and uh, come on and play with us. So, you know, I'm producing now, um, even with the game, I'm a producer. So I'm learning how to navigate in a very different way. And like you said, even if it's not in front of the camera, I'm still doing those things that bring me joy personally. When we come back, becoming powerful behind the camera, and how a little happy dance sent Robinson viral on social media. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount+, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Shonda Rhimes, Ava DuVernay, Lena Waite, Issa Rae, and Regina King. Just some of the black women who are making waves behind the scenes in Hollywood. A growing number of black women are being given opportunities to produce and direct, including some who started their careers in front of the cameras. 
There are a lot of black women who are now getting behind the camera who have been in mm-hmm. front of it. And, and, you know, people sometimes miss the idea of what real power is. You know, yeah. people who know actors and actresses, they assume because you're the quote unquote star that you've mm-hmm. got the power. But very few. There are some, but very few have real power. It is mm-hmm. really behind the scenes and producing, bringing it to mm-hmm. bear, directing where you're kind of uh, directing the, the angles and the direction of the, the show in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you aspire uh, to do? Because I've told people for me now, a lot of what I create, if I'm not in front of the camera, I really don't care. I've had that ego stroke, right? Right, right, right. exactly. And I'm right there. And it's so funny. I just got back from New York last night, ran into Tasha Smith. Mm-hmm. at a restaurant. And when I say we talked for about a good 45 minutes and just poured into each other and her journey and what she has seen being on the other side, because she directed uh, Black Family Mafia and um, the, the finale was airing, but she fought those fights. And she was like, we got to get on the other side mm-hmm. because there's so many fights that we have to fight <laughs> to make sure that those artists, because I consider myself, I'm kind of like an underdog. I'm everybody's best friend, you know, on the show, this, that, and the other. And, you know, there were so many times I was passed over by, you know, a greater name or, you know, a greater talent. I get it. My ego's not tripping. But having somebody to fight for me and even me being able to be in the room to fight for myself Mm -hmm. and get the choices of those artists that I want to work with because I see something different in them that normally they would not get a chance to showcase or to shine or to come and play with, you know, that's my intention. I know that's where I need to go. Absolutely. What do you share with the young people that come through the conservatory? You know, I I noted as I was looking, you did a lot of pilots, whether you were a main character or not, I don't know, but you did a lot of pilots. People don't understand how many pilots never see the light of day. What did you do? I'm sure you had this moment when you've done so many pilots, you just think this is not happening. It's not in the cards for me. I want to say I fight for the um, to maintain that resiliency Mm -hmm. and, you know, to pull from, you know, an industry that sometimes can beat you down. I learned so much. I called this season even on the game. It was my learning curve. I learned so much. And I it was the never have I ever (laughs) never. I promise you, Ed, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get real. Never have I ever seen the things that I saw you know, behind the scenes. And it's it's just new. And, you know, the one thing about this industry, it is ever evolving, you know? So now there are some people that they're here because they got a right. ton of followers. They're on Instagram, you know? And I, to not get bitter about the process, but to learn how to adjust because the only thing that is constant is change. And so that's the one thing that, I have to constantly remind myself and I teach my children. I got it painted on the wall in the acting studio to thine own self be true. I cannot change everything that is going on around me, but I can remain true to who I am and adapt to the ever evolving process. And it's like, okay, well, let me shift. You know, I'm on TikTok. Okay, let's see what's going on over here. Okay, you know, because the one thing I will, I got to go back to the game. It's now it's intergenerational. So I got grandmothers that are like, girl, I sit down and be about grandbabies. We watch it. But she was young enough back then right. to watch it when it first came out. And she's like, and I see these episodes and, and it hits me different, you know, which it does. So 
I think just um, being able to evolve and to elevate and to know what your purpose is in the project. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's bigger than you. It's bigger. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And it's absolutely different in terms of, as you say, uh, the, the business you entered and I entered years back. Yeah. You know, there was this sense of craft and what you had to do. And now you're right. If if you have enough followers on and not hating, kind of, because I hate it a little bit because I do think you should learn your craft. You know, exactly. people always want to go, oh, no, I don't hate. Yeah, sometimes I hate. They, there are people who sit in seats. It's like, you, you don't, you know, you're popular, you, but I you ain't that good. Table. Right. You really, you really, you at the table, but you got to embrace them. But you got, because that is the time. And that being said, before I get back to the game, you had a little <laughs> a social media moment. With a little crip walk thing that you did, uh, <laughs> that that had to be a kick because that went everywhere. That went everywhere. Crazy, crazy, and that was just me. Look at the trailer. You saw the trailers and the, the ladies that were there. That was the COVID team. They were coming <laughs> to give me a rapid, uh, to give me a rapid test and to give me some rap gifts and all of that. And I was just celebrating, you know, the presence. But just having fun and somebody captured it. But that's just me. And it, yeah. I was that's crazy. So I'm But it is amazing how big those things can go. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and the and attention then, you get from it. So yeah, if I end up playing an OG Crip Mama on the, <laughs> my next movie, I'm not gonna be mad. But you know, it, it's the one thing that I love, and I think that's what what makes Tasha so real too. Because I I grew up in South Central LA. Yeah. She grew up in Richmond, you know, which is like maybe a you know a one hour plane ride. So I feel like I know those shoes that she walks in as well. But um, there's so much to Wendy that's just insane. So many people were really surprised, but I started as a dancer too. So, you know, I go back to that. You were asking me also, how do I stay passionate? I still dance and I still, mm -hmm. you know, I got to express myself through movement and through music and all of that. It just, it just helps me so yeah, much. Well, you, listen, you well, gave Snoop a run for his money on it. I tell you, child, you did. <laughs> Before I wrapped up our talk, I wanted to get Wendy's perspective on the student's fight at her alma mater, Howard University. For over a month, students at the storied school objected to long-standing, substandard housing conditions. The students' protest, including taking over the campus student union building. Last week, the school announced an agreement had been reached with students. The university's president called the agreement a, quote, welcome step forward, end quote, to addressing housing conditions. And I'm curious how you're seeing what's going on there in terms of wanting to uh, right some of the wrongs that the that the college has been fighting. Um, you know, uh, all HBCUs are strapped for yes. dollars. And I yes. keep reminding us, you know, it's not enough for us to say, you know, support and buy black and then don't do it. And so I'm curious what you know, what your thoughts are there. You know, I have a pipeline with Howard University, especially the drama department. Mm -hmm. And I've sent so many of my students from Amazing Grace Conservatory to Howard. And I was heartbroken about what's happening right now. Um, mm -hmm. But I do applaud the students because they stood up. They took over. We used to take over the A building, the administration building. But mm -hmm. they were like, no, we're going to take over Blackburn mm -hmm. and we're going to shut it down. Blackburn is the activity, student, the, all of that. But they're fighting for you know, housing, you know, you know, the, the proper housing they're fighting for, you know, their classes, 
the minimal, minimal things. So I don't want to point fingers, but at the same time, it's um, it's a thin line um, because we are coming out of COVID. Right. And we are coming out of a transitional phase of, you know, we had to jump to Zoom. Now we got to jump to this. And now we're, we're back. We're in person. And it's a it's a it's a delicate dance that we have to do. And I tell everybody it's not COVID. It's the aftermath that we're going to see the effects. So now we're seeing a elevated a more passionate student at Howard University, and we're going to do this, that, the other, you know, and then we're probably seeing the administrators that are like, okay, I can't, you know, yeah. they're probably worn out. So, you know, I, I advise my students, you know, be sensitive, be aware, you know, but still fight for it. But at the same time, I want our HBCUs to deliver because when I was in Atlanta, we filmed in Atlanta, the parents were livid because the housing situation at Morehouse was not ready for their students. They're moving in and the dorms are still under construction. So it's the same thing, but it goes back to even COVID and we fell behind and we got to be patient with each other. But at the same time, you know, they don't want their checks. So (laughs) there's that dance again. So how do we find that delicate dance and a, a happy medium where everybody is happy and we're still getting all of the deliverables that we expect from our HBCUs? And I think we are better than that. We're better than that. We ended our talk about the future of the game and Wendy's character, Tasha. Is it a character that you want to make sure that you help evolve and grow? You know, when you play a character for so long, um, you don't want the character to remain the same. And if you don't speak up, writers may take it. I've seen writers take certain characters so far over, you know, the line that it kind of ruins the character. So how much do you, how much are you involved in that? Um, I'm involved. I I respect because TV is definitely a writer's medium, Mm -hmm, but -hmm. when we first started, we did have a zoom room and I met with all of the writers and I told them a lot of the things I did want to explore. You know, I am of a certain age and I think, you know, being in this position, it's great to see, those elements, you know, being explored. Um, I am so proud of what we tackled this particular season, you know, from her being a woman in a white male dominated world and what that's like, from her raising an eight-year-old daughter and what that is like, for me fighting for Black love in my marriage, for me um, just elevating and also dealing with my son and mental health. And ignoring it, ignoring the signs. But then Mm -hmm. when it really comes to a head, what's going to happen for me? Gambling so hard and possibly losing everything. So I love the wagers that I play. You know, no pun intended since we are in Vegas. But um, (laughs) I really love where we went. So I think it was was a wonderful dance. And there was one episode that I did have to, you know, really voice myself as a producer because I felt like one of the issues was getting really preachy and it was such a a powerful episode that's going to be very impactful. Um, It's dealing with hair and Black women, Mm -hmm. but I felt like all of the the different perspectives were almost sounding one and the same. And it's like, now, how do we change this without stepping on toes, you know, between the director and the writers, but okay, this isn't making sense. It's too preachy, you know? Yeah. So how are we going to do that? So it was, um, 
it was a great dance that I was allowed to have this season that I've never had as an actress, not just on the game, but just period outside yeah. of theater. What do you want the game to be as it moves forward? You know, we never know. You, you certainly hope that it's renewed and all. But what would you love it to become? You know, shows evolve down the line, too. They do. And wow, that's wow. You're going to jump. You're going to wow. You're going to take me there. Um, well, I want to start with I never knew going into this that it would be what it is. So I wanted to remain true. I want the artistic integrity of these characters to remain true. I want them to evolve. I want us to, like I said, to continue to hold up that mirror to the world and to America, what we look like. But, you know, I look at the, the Norman Lears of it all. Mm-hmm. And those iconic shows that we could turn on, you know, between the Jeffersons, Good Times and All in the Family and still feel something that's so far ahead of its time. And tackle those things, but still laugh at ourselves in spite of ourselves. So if I could do that and be a part of that legacy, which I already feel like I am in a certain way, even though it is, you know, we do cater to a certain audience, but I think it's expanded so far from that. You know, we were this little, and Mara never called it a Black show, so to speak, but I think it's um, multi-generational, multicultural, and multifaceted. And I think it should be, uh, yeah, I'm going to be a part of the all in the family yeah. <laughs> legacy. Yeah, like that. Yeah, well, it, it, it's certainly on its way to that. And I, I just want to say, I'm so happy to see you again. I feel yeah, like we're yeah. just old, old friends because we go back <laughs> just so far back. But it, right. it's a testament for staying in this thing. And so I thank yes. you for your time. And we're so Likewise. happy that you guys are back and doing it. Thank you. And thank you for a wonderful conversation. This is great. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, Wendy. Don't forget the game can be streamed right now on Paramount+. Plus. 100 is produced by Ed Gordon Media and distributed by iHeartMedia. Carol Johnson Green and Cherie Weldon are our bookers. Our editor is Lance Patton. Gerald Albright composed and performed our theme. Please join me on Twitter and Instagram at Ed L. Gordon and on Facebook at Ed Gordon Media. Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. 
because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Hey there, parents and teachers. Are you tired of feeling like every day is a battle of wills with your kids? Let me tell you about something that changed the game. Love and Logic. Love and Logic isn't just another parenting or teaching strategy. It's a mindset shift that empowers you to raise responsible, respectful kids while keeping your sanity intact. With Love and Logic, you'll learn practical techniques to set limits with empathy, give your kids the tools they need to make smart choices, and build relationships based on mutual respect and understanding. Love and Logic stands behind their methods with a one-year money-back guarantee. Try it out risk-free. If it doesn't change your life, we'll buy it back. Plus, you can get 10% off with code IHEART10. So if you're ready to say goodbye to power struggles and hello to peaceful, loving relationships with your kids, it's time to give Love & Logic a try. Visit their website or call today. Your sanity will thank you. Love & Logic, because parenting and teaching should be a joy, not a chore. Visit loveandlogic.com. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.